Welcome to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast with your host, Mathia Ford, CEO of Renal Diet Headquarters. This is our weekly talk about how you can succeed with a kidney diet. Brought to you by RenalDietHQ.com, a website whose mission is to be the most valued resource on kidney disease that people can use to improve their health. Hi, this is Mathia Ford with the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. This is week number 39, and I want to talk this week about what foods are the best to help improve your anemia with chronic kidney disease. You can find all the information that we talk about and links to the information and my books and other topics to at renaldiethq.com forward slash 039. And if you want to send me a comment or a question, you can email me at podcast at renaldiethq.com. I want to say thanks at the opening of the podcast to all the listeners who um, take their time every week and listen to what I have to say. And I appreciate it very much. And I just wanted to say that for a moment. Um, This week, I want to remind you that we have a renal dialysis cookbook out. It's about breakfast foods that you can eat um, with with, uh, dialysis. And it's more high-protein foods, lower sodium, lower phosphorus, and potassium. If you're in stage 4 kidney disease or stage 5 and um, you wanted to try some of those dishes, you could. Um, They're probably going to be a little, you might just, if there's something that has a protein shake in it or something has protein powder, you could take that out. We're going to work further on getting more uh, recipes out there for you and working on making those readily available to you. I also wanted to um, just remind you that there's all kinds of information coming up at the AAKP meeting next week and we're going to be there. We're going to set up a display and I look forward to meeting you all. We're going to have a giveaway of 12 books so if you're there you can sign up for the giveaway and um, I look forward to seeing you there. So this week, I want to talk about how do I improve my diet. And um, what you want to do to improve your diet for anemia is to eat more iron-rich foods. Now, that's easy to say. Iron is in foods that are both plant and animal foods. The iron that is in animal foods is referred to as heme iron, um, mainly because it's in the hemoglobin that's contained in the iron, um, just like we have our hemoglobin with it has iron attached to it. Um, the iron from plant sources is referred to as non-heme iron, and the body is just generally able to absorb the iron that comes from animal sources better than it does from the plant sources. Um, but you can improve your absorption of those plant foods with the vitamin C and following the things we talked about in the last podcast, like um, possibly eating between meals, some snacks of foods that are higher in iron, trying not to drink milk or tea or coffee with those foods, um, 
you need to get those foods that are right for your dietary plan while still getting your nutrients you need. And I know a lot of times um, you make a choice about protein. And if I tell you to make a choice about protein, you know, if you're going to go over, it's better for you to go over with the um, plant-based items. So that would be, you know, kind of a catch-22 there. A healthy renal diet is meant to help the body maintain the proper balance of fluids, minerals, and nutrients. The diet is different for those who are on dialysis and those who aren't. Um, when you are on pre-dialysis, you're usually encouraged to limit your protein, while people who have di are on dialysis usually eat more protein. And depending on the type of dialysis that you're on, you may need a lot more protein or you may need just a little. Many protein-rich foods are also higher in, high in iron, um, and low-protein diets are encouraged for those not on dialysis, so you may not eat very much of them. You can eat foods higher in protein once you're on dialysis, which is also when you're probably at a higher risk of developing anemia. Um, and you can eat things like pork and eggs and um, help to help pork, eggs, beef to help replace your iron stores that may be depleted. Um, foods that are good sources of heme iron, and remember you need to adjust this based on your um, what foods you're allowed based on your laboratory results and what you've talked to your doctor about. Chicken liver, oysters, clams, beef liver, lean ground beef, turkey legs, tuna, eggs, shrimp. Um, things that are good sources of non-heme iron, more like the plant-based sources, are going to be things like oatmeal, garlic, kidney beans, which I know kidney beans can be a lot of potassium and phosphorus. Tofu, lentils, cranberries, molasses have a lot of iron in them. Whole wheat bread is going to have more than white bread, but you can buy iron-fortified white bread. You may think about that. Peanut butter, brown rice, apricots, pineapple, and broccoli. Um, combining both of those sources, like the non-heme and the heme iron sources, can increase your absorption. The vitamin C should be limited to 60 milligrams per day when you're on dialysis, so just be careful with that. Um, a vitamin C-friendly vitamin C source is going to be like enriched cranberry juice, maybe some strawberries, and some tangerines. So if you're eating a tangerine with some of those foods that are good sources of heme iron, if you're eating a tangerine with your meal and you can eat some of those things that are better um, sources of the heme and the non-heme iron, you're going to improve your absorption. Um, now, I also talked about you want to increase your iron levels. You want to eat foods that are high in iron, vitamin B12, and folic acid. You want foods that kind of have all three because while you need, you know, you may need iron, but you may need be a little low in B12. You just kind of want to make sure that you're getting all your vitamins and minerals so some of these are good sources of iron, folic acid, and vitamin B12, but they can also contain potassium. So if you're limited in potassium, be cautious. Make sure you talk to your doctor before you do that. Okay, so I want to let you know about some foods that are high in iron and B12 and folic acid. And these foods are going to be 
good for you to eat, but you need to pay attention to the potassium amounts. Um, some of the foods are good sources of iron, folic acid, and vitamin B12. But if you're sensitive or you need to watch your potassium, then those are going to be things that you're going to need to um, avoid. Like spinach, a half a cup cooked has 420 milligrams of potassium in it. Sweet potatoes have 450 milligrams of potassium. Broccoli and um, has a good amount of potassium in it, 230 milligrams and a half a cup. Strawberries are low, and those are things you can eat with your um, other iron-enriched foods. Uh, strawberries have about 18 milligrams in a cup or in one medium, about a cup's worth. Uh, beans can have up to 595 milligrams of potassium in a half a cup. So that's pretty high. Tomato products, 275 and a half a cup. Just be cautious. Um, meats, for example, some salmon has about 300 milligrams of potassium. Tuna is going to have about 200 milligrams of potassium, and those are both in three-ounce portions. Um, a container of Greek non-fat yogurt, like eight ounces, is 240 milligrams. Uh, lobster can have 334 milligrams. Um, egg yolks have about 19 milligrams per egg yolk. Uh, dried beans, a half a cup is going to have, like I said, about 300 to 500 um, milligrams of potassium. And, you know, oranges are like 240 milligrams. It's really important just to watch if you need to the potassium amounts because those are important to your um, levels. Now, those foods that are high in iron are going to be good for you, like meats, beef, chicken, turkey. Those are going to have iron. You're possibly going to be taking iron medication, and you're going to need to eat some iron-rich foods like broccoli and um, spinach, and just in the amount that you're able to eat them. But... The one thing you want to pay attention to is how you feel and you want to ask questions to your doctor so that you understand what's going on. And some of those questions that you're going to want to ask are things like, what is my target level for each test? So if we got hemoglobin and right now I'm at an 8 and what is the target level? What are you going to try to see if I'm going to get to and what's going to happen then? How long do you think I'm going to need to take this medication? Am I going to take iron for the rest of my life? Are we going to have um, side effects, that type of thing? How often are you going to test? Are you going to take my blood every month? Are you going to take my blood every week? Are we going to do it every three months? Um, how frequently do I need to have injections or treatments? So if it's an IV thing like an IV iron or a epigen or Procrit that's an IV, how often do I need to come get that? And then are there any known risks or side effects of the anemia treatment? So, yes, you know the side effects of anemia uh, are things like being fatigued, tired, that sort of thing. But are there side effects to the medication, which most of the time there are, and what does that mean? And then is there anything else I can be doing to manage my anemia? Do I need to be walking? Do I need to be eating other things? Do I need to be doing strength training you know, what can I, how can I bring my levels back to whatever the target range is? How can I help with my own health care? 
And then if you're not being treated with an ESA or an iron and your hemoglobin's low, ask why. Why is it that you feel the appropriate treatment is not to use these? You're not challenging them. You are asking for your own health care. And if they feel like it's appropriate, then they can tell you specifically why they feel like that's not appropriate. That way your doctor knows and communicates to you what they're trying to achieve. And then your doctor is going to understand that you're interested and you care about this. And they're going to be more willing to maybe give a little more effort, explain a little better. And maybe through the process of that, they'll say, okay, we're going to try this or we're going to try that. And that'll matter in the long run. Um, you'll learn the answers and you'll be able to act accordingly. If he says, he or she says, you need to do this to help your treatment, then you need to do that. And if you don't do that, then he's going to think, well, she was just asking, he or she was just asking the question for no good reason, kind of. When you're living with the chronic kidney disease, you're going to have lots of symptoms. But another thing you're going to have is symptoms from the anemia. And you need to be able to identify, okay, here's some of the ways I felt today. I was more tired today. After I took the ESA, I was less tired. I felt good. I was able to walk to my car, that type of things. Keeping a journal of your symptoms can be a very helpful way to help with your own treatment. Um, you can show that to your doctor and relate it to when you start taking medications. Document in there. And that way it helps them kind of piece things together because they don't. They're not in omniscient. They're, they don't just know everything automatically when you come in and you say, oh, I feel really tired. They're not necessarily always going to associate that with anemia. They may think that you're just, you know, the process, the disease process is getting to you. So you may have to ask, are we, can we check my hemoglobin or, um, and then how often are we going to check it to keep up with it? Um, you also need to pay attention to the other medications you're on, and that might be a conversation to have with the pharmacist. You want to make sure you're getting all your medications from the same pharmacy if you can and talking to the pharmacist about your medications and taking them because that way they will know what you're doing and they can tell you, okay, this one has a side effect. Let me call your doctor. These two interact. Let me talk to your doctor about what we can do differently. Keep it in a spiral notebook. Um, with a journal and that way you can help with some of your side effects quicker because you'll know. I mean, I, I do it myself. I'll say, Oh, I started taking that medicine this, this long ago. I started having problems with my computer and I started thinking, what program did I add to my computer? Now I, there's probably a journal in my computer that will tell me when things were changed, but it's one of those things where I was like, this started happening about the same time that I changed some computer program settings. I wonder if those two are related. So that's something that you can do and you can help be a detective in your own life. It's always important to ask questions and raise any concerns. Um, I want to encourage you to do that. You are very important and you are not um, doing anything wrong by asking your doctor why they're doing things. So that's what I wanted to talk about this week. Um, I appreciate you listening to me. And I talked about how to improve your diet, how to increase your iron levels. I talked a little bit about potassium and kind of how it can affect you. Um, the renal dialysis cookbook is out. And then next week I want to talk to you about the seven things you must know about kidney disease because I got my article and stuff ready for the, for the conference. 
and I'm going to um, read that and talk about that next week with you. The seven things you must know about kidney disease. And it doesn't matter if you're dialysis or pre-dialysis or transplant. It's all important. So I'm going to talk about that. And that's what's coming up for next week. So I look forward to talking to you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast. Head on over to the website at www.renaldiethq.com slash go slash email to sign up for our email list and get exciting updates every week on what is happening. Thanks, and we will talk to you again next week.